Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from a couple of local farmers and find out what impact this week's rain is going to have on the crops. Also, we'll hear from a researcher at the Richardson Center for Food Technology and Research at the University of Manitoba. And out first in today's country comment, we'll be joined by Tyler Fulton, the president of Manitoba Beef Producers. He'll talk about haying operations this year. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Haying operations in the province are going much better this year. I caught up with Tyler Fulton, the president of Manitoba Beef Producers. First off, I'd say that it's uh, the polar opposite scenario as last year at this time. Uh, can't it, it couldn't be more different right across Manitoba. Uh, hay yields of, are, are great. Um, I think the, the struggle really is, uh, is actually trying to get, it, get dry hay up in, uh, in good shape um, because of the frequent rains and, and the high humidity that we're dealing with. But um, I don't think there's any... Uh, producers really that are that are uh, complaining about the situation for sure because uh, compared to last year it's it's just completely different on the flip side you know those that are you know that are wrapping bales or, or putting up silage uh, they've got a, a phenomenal quality product with uh, some of the best yields that we've had in in years has the sucking cut been completed yet uh, it depends on the you know on the location and wh- you know where you're at I would say progress was definitely delayed um given the you know the the spring that we had so i would say um for for most operations that would uh that would take a second cut um they're probably just now you know maybe nicely getting started into it maybe uh, a third done and i'm talking more about beef operations that are trying to put up dry hay um that's that's been the struggle on the on the silage side. Um, you know, there's there are operations that uh, are have long since completed the second cut and um, and are actually probably only uh, a week and a half away from a third. So um, that's the <laughs> there's a fair amount of variability across the across the province right now. Feed quality was good. Yeah, I think uh, it depends strictly on whether or not they, you know, they uh, won the lottery on uh, not, not having the, the crop rained on. Um, it's, I would say, if anything, it's probably not as good as what we've seen in, in some recent years in general um, because of, uh, of the difficulty in getting it up without, without a rain on, the, on a down crop. But um, for the most part, I don't think there's a lot of people that have issues with uh, with the quality. And how's the uh, pasture uh, growth looking? Yeah, pasture growth is. Um, I would say. I would say. You know, from the people that I've spoken with, uh, it's kind of exceeded my. You know, their expectations. Um, you know, that we we really leaned on a lot of that extra stockpiled growth last year. And I think there was a lot of pastures that, you know, that were beaten up pretty good just because uh, they were so short. Um, but they came back. I mean, this is about as good a year as you could expect with ample moisture and, uh, you know, and, and no, you know, sustained hot, dry periods. 
so we're seeing a recovery that way, and I think pasture conditions in general are, are pretty good across the province. With all the rain, water supplies are looking good as well? Yep, absolutely. Uh, on, on the flip side, you know, there's definitely some areas, especially, uh, you know, especially near the lakes um, that are, you know, that had some, some washouts, some, some uh, killed uh, pasture because of the because of the heavy rains and the flooding in the spring. Uh, so that's a, that's an obvious concern. But for those areas that were, you know, that didn't uh, weren't lost due to flooding, um, they're they're better than average, I would say. That was Tyler Fulton, president of Manitoba Beef Producers. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The province's sunflower crop continues to mature. Morgan Cott is with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. They're generally at the R6 stage. The heads are filled as much as they're going to be. Um, and generally, heads are filling right to the center. I haven't seen too many issues with heads not being pollinated all the way through, so that's really positive. So we don't need to worry so much about insects right now, but definitely keep an eye on them. Um, we're seeing aphids be very apparent in sunflowers right now, so getting a few phone calls on that. She reminds farmers to keep an eye on insect and disease pressures. Manitoba Agriculture is wrapping up a major weed survey. Kim Brown-Livingston is the province's weed specialist. We've seen uh, pretty clean crops um, considering the year. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. Got a couple theories on that. I'm thinking that with, uh, you know, our, a lot of our crops got seeded very late, but they actually came up real, really quickly and they grew very very quickly. They had adequate moisture, obviously, and, um, and with enough heat, um, they really got going and they kind of got up ahead of some of those weeds. So, you know, I think that's part of it. The Manitoba Weed Survey is completed in conjunction with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada, with the last one done back in 2016. Close to 700 fields were sampled this year. And Stats Canada is reporting that on July 1st, Canadian cattle and hog inventories were down, while sheep inventories were up compared with the same date last year. The Canadian livestock sector continued to feel lasting effects from the drought conditions that affected Western Canada in the latter half of 2021. Tight grain supplies led to, at times, record high feed prices and increased production costs. Meanwhile, in eastern Canada, labour shortages and ongoing reductions in slaughter capacity disrupted the hog processing sector. The Canadian cattle herd fell to the lowest level recorded since July 1st of 1988, as high feed costs and rising export demand for beef supported an increase in slaughter. Hog inventories also fell as strong international hog exports and declines in hog production contributed to lower on-farm inventories. Sheep inventories were up for the second year in a row, as favourable market conditions throughout 2021 and into 2022 supported flock increases in several provinces. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Knute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, August 25th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from a researcher at the Richardson Centre for Food Technology and Research at the University of Manitoba. There was an open house held this week at the University of Manitoba at the Richardson Centre for Food Technology and Research. I caught up with Jim House. He's a professor in the Department of Food and Nutritional Sciences. The work that we do in my lab is principally surrounding the topic of protein quality. So really looking at an understanding of the factors that influence the quality of the protein that are in our crops here in Manitoba. So for example, we've got a project right now with the uh, Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers to really understand the factors that are influencing the quality of the protein within within Manitoba and that are 
soybeans that are grown in northern climates tend to present with a little bit of a protein deficit and that can have direct economic implications for farmers because if, they, uh, if the protein levels are too low they could actually get a, a bit of a hit when it comes to pricing. So what we're doing is really trying to turn the attention away from crude protein or the absolute protein to, to really understand the, the true requirements that make up a high quality protein source is really the amino acids. These are the building blocks of protein. And so even though the protein level might be a little lower than what you see in southern uh, producing states or countries, uh, the protein that we have here uh, is actually rich in some of the limiting amino acids that we need to support growth of, of poultry, pigs, cattle. And so that's what we're really trying to show is that we should try to move away from looking just at crude protein and really to understanding those amino acids and the quality that's there. And so that's one of the, we have two major studies on the go right now to, to look at that and try to help producers understand that, you know, it's not just about protein. We need to understand the quality of that protein. Talk a little bit more about some of the findings that, that you've been seeing. Sure. So we've been doing a, um, a study right now to look at, can we measure the quality of protein rapidly? And so through our partners, we've been using a technique called NIR, which is near infrared reflectance spectroscopy. It's well used within the sector to measure moisture content and protein content of a variety of crops. But we've developed equations that can measure the amino acids within the crops using near infrared. So we just finished a study where we measured over 5,000 varietal, 5,000 samples of uh, soybeans that have been produced over the several years uh, through variety trials that have been organized by the province and by Manitoba Pulse and soybean growers. And so really to understand where we're seeing this variety in our amino acid and protein content in soybeans. So that project is just is so ongoing, but we published a paper just recently looking at the, the factors that influence the quality and some of the environmental factors. So that's a, that's a direct benefit to the producers so that they can understand are there some varieties that are better suited to grow in Manitoba? And that's really helping the breeding programs here in the province. So that's, that's our goal. Uh, the other major project that we have is really understanding the feeding value of the soybeans um, in the province. And so we've got studies ongoing with, uh, with broiler chickens, laying hens, and pigs to really say, okay, even though it's lower content of protein, when we formulate the diets, we actually end up with more of those limiting amino acids. And so that can have a direct economic benefit to producers if they are not just focused on protein, but are focused more on the amino acids from a feeding perspective. And so that study is just wrapping up now. We're hoping to have results that we can share with producers and with the broader public uh, sometime in the new year. All right, anything else you wanted to highlight on, on your work here? One of the other areas that we're focused on is trying to come up with new methods to measure protein quality. Uh, this is a whole other area of our, of our research, and so we're really focused on what are called in vitro methods, so test tube-based, lab bench-based methods that we can use to measure the quality of a protein. Because right now, if you want to make a claim on a food in Canada, um, such as a good source of protein or an excellent source of protein on a food, that content claim has to be substantiated through the use of a rodent assay or a, or a rat bioassay. And that's putting a lot of pressure on companies who don't want to use animal testing anymore. And so we're really trying to work with uh, the regulatory bodies and with the stakeholders to say there are options. We can use in vitro methods to give us a really good estimate of that quality. And so that's another major focus of our lab. That was Jim House, a professor in the Department of Food and Nutritional Sciences at the University of Manitoba. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. 
I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Wildlife Federation is offering a webinar on Canada's 10 most invasive plants. That takes place August 30th from noon until 1 p.m. You can register on the Canadian Wildlife Federation website. Fall on the Farm takes place September 5th at the Mennonite Heritage Village in Steinbach. The Cultivate Sustainability Conference and Trade Show is planned for September 7th at the RBC Convention Centre in Winnipeg. Register at foodbeveragesmb.ca. And looking ahead, the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is hosting its 5th Annual Regenerative Agriculture Conference, November 14th and 15th in Brandon. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon. A major storm system tore through the province Tuesday night. Reporter Barry Lamb caught up with Dave Mills. He's the manager of crop inputs at Patterson Grain in Deloraine. So farther south we go, it seems to be a lot more hail. Um, Smaller hail in Deloraine, but not much damage. Um, Deloraine received about an inch of rain, and as you go south, it looks like more. But south of town, up in the hills, it seems to be a lot of larger hail where there's some major crop damage in strips. So, yeah, not great. How how general was that hail? Uh, Pockets of the severe stuff, or was it pretty widespread, the damaged areas? Um, it uh, was pretty widespread up in the mountain, but um, there is definitely strips that are harder. Um, there was some hail to the north also, by the looks of it, that uh, did some damage also. It was a little larger too. So, yeah, there was some stripping, some to the north, some to the south, but mainly in the mountain. And how were crops looking in those areas? Uh, our crops have been fantastic, uh, had a lot of potential. Um, this definitely wasn't wanted by most, but yeah. Unfortunately, it uh, happens. Can some of that crop maybe bounce back, or was it uh, will it be right off? Uh, a lot of the stuff I don't think will, but uh, there is some strips through there that, that might be a little bit left, but not great. What are you hearing from producers? How disappointing f- from their front? Well, I think I can't speak for them all, but I know there's some that are fairly disappointed when they have a, a great crop. You know, they want to take it off, they want to get it in the bin, and, you know, they take pride in what they're growing, so... Yeah, it's unfortunate for some of them, for sure. The rest of the crops looking pretty good in the area, though? Yes, everything looks really good, yeah. Oh. It's been uh, a pretty good growing season, so yeah, things got a lot of potential, for sure. That was Dave Mills with Patterson Grain in Deloraine, speaking with reporter Barry Lamb. Yesterday, I caught up with Jack Fraze, who farms in the Rheinfeld-Winkler area. We had a lot of rain coming through the city of Winkler, uh, anywhere close to four inches, Uh it was really varied, though, further north. If you went four miles north of town, then we were down to an inch and a half to uh, something like that. And then six miles north, we, we were down to three-quarter inch. But uh, the rain was really welcome as far as that goes. It came down in a hurry. It took about 15, 20 minutes to get the bulk of it. Uh, but the, uh, the rain was very welcome for the, for the corn and beans that need uh, moisture to fill up. Any damage um, in that area? We had a, a slight bit of hail, but uh, not significant damage. The, uh, we had a little bit of damage on, on uh, a couple of acres of soybeans, but it was more or less defoliation, uh, some defoliation, so not, not significant at all. How were the crops looking? The crops are looking pretty decent. Uh, like I say, we were in, uh, in need of moisture for the corn and the, and the soybeans, and some of the uh, later canola that, that was reseeded uh, still uh, needed some, uh, some moisture, but this was... Uh, Perfect timing for that. Could have been a little earlier, I guess, but we'll take it. The rain that'll help things finish off then uh, nicely. Yes, this will this will finish off the canola and the and the soybeans for sure. Not sure about the corn uh, with the kind of heat we've been having uh, the last several weeks. Uh, uh, 
I'll be not too long before we need some more, but uh, this will go a long way in, in finishing the crops. Talk a little bit about, you know, the timing of the crop. Normally we'd see harvest underway by now, but um, what are your thoughts on, on where things are at? Everything has been delayed a little bit. Uh, we started uh, into the spring week yesterday, which is uh, later than usual, I guess. But the uh, canola will be swathing next week. Uh, soybeans, uh, pods are filling pretty nicely. Uh, should uh, really do that now uh, with, with all the rain we've been getting. But the corn seems to be lagging and is quite late. Uh, crops have not been filling the way uh, we'd like to see, I guess. Uh, they're still fairly small and uh, and uh, we'll need a lot of time to mature. And uh, I guess just looking at the forecast, what are you hoping to see here over the next little while? Well, we're just hoping to let the frost stays away till, uh, till the, uh, mid, not mid-September, more or less for around the 25th of September, the way we've had it the last couple of years. We've been kind of fortunate that the... Uh, that the frost has stayed away, and if we can get another month of fill on uh, on a lot of these crops, I think then we'll be okay. Any concerns? You know, we're seeing some cooler temperatures. You know, overnight, uh, will that impact? You know, say the corn. Uh, it's uh, if you get these hot temperatures during the day, it's kind of nice for the for the crop to cool off, for the perspiration and etc. So that generally is is not bad. But uh, the later you get into the season, you need the you need the more heat units. So yeah, it's uh, kind of a mixed bag. It was Winkler area farmer Jack Fraze. Isaac Fraze farms in the Plum Coulee area. Well, at the farm, we're sitting at 1.5 and going to head up north to see if we got a bit more there. South, we got uh, over two. So, yeah, in that, in that two-inch mark in Winkler, I got four. Was some rain needed? or? Oh, yeah, we could, we could use some rain right around Coulee, yes. Further north of Coulee, that five-mile range, uh, they had, there was more, more reserve there, but uh, right around Coulee... Uh, we we could definitely use an inch inch and a half. Any damage, uh, hail damage or, or wind uh, damage? Not on our not on our acres. No, we have uh, no damage. We had some some rain coming down in a hurry, but nothing that'll hurt us at this point. And how are the uh, crops looking? We're not unhappy. It's uh, in general, I say it's it's uh, it's pretty decent. I'm not given given what uh, what condition they went into this spring. I think they look pretty good. What crops are you growing this year? Oh, we're growing corn, beans, soys, wheat, uh, canola, perennial ryegrass. I guess everything is still behind uh, schedule? It is a few weeks, yes, it is. It seems to be taking its time drying down. Uh, I thought we'd be going by the 15th, the 20th, somewhere there, but that hasn't happened, so we'll wait for the next date that we put in our minds. Any concerns, you know, as we get closer, I guess we're almost in September now? or Not at this point. We dealt with grasshoppers and flea beetles, and our weed control was reasonable, quite good in places. Uh, I think we're, we're looking pretty for the harvest. We're just waiting for it to finish dry down, and away we go. How have the crops filled in? Looking good. I think uh, on the soybeans, we were getting a little bit worried before the rain, but we got this rain, so I think it can this should finish nicely for the for the edibles for sure and for the soybeans it'll give them it'll allow them to fill out what they've potted have any other farmers have they started to harvest in that area or there's a couple of fall rye and winter wheat fields that have gone down and then there's one field of of um red spring that's been taken off outside of that i don't know of anything that's come off that was isaac phrase a farmer in the plum coulee area Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. 
Time now for another look at today's farm news. Close to 700 fields were sampled in Manitoba this year as part of a major weed survey. Kim Brown-Livingston is the province's weed specialist. This is a survey that we do in conjunction with Agriculture Canada. We do this about every five or six years now. Uh, The plan was to do it last year, but with COVID, it got pushed back a year. So uh, all of the provinces are done. Um, Alberta does theirs, Saskatchewan does theirs, and then Manitoba. We do them all on separate years because it's a lot of work um, for Ag Canada to coordinate. Um, but in Manitoba, this is our year, and so our follow- we're, this is a follow-up to our last survey in 2016, and we've had uh, multiple surveys before that. And uh, so this is our ongoing series of provincial weed surveys, and uh, yeah, we're surveying weeds in, in uh, about uh, close to 700 fields across the province. Brown-Livingston says generally fields looked pretty clean this year. And an agronomist with the Manitoba Crop Alliance is optimistic about this year's corn crop. Here's Morgan Cott. Corn's still looking really nice. Um, It's moving along. I'm seeing this week, um, at least the fields that I've been checking are in the dough stage, a little further behind than we want it to. Obviously, nothing's changing there or going to change. But I did see a couple cobs that had a little bit of a dent starting. So that's really positive. It means that moisture is being used up and starch is filling. So hopefully that is sort of a quicker process than normal. But the heat's helping. So uh, good news there. Cott says the rain has been welcome as some fields were starting to dry up. Her only concern is the cooler temperatures overnight. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll hear from Dylan McKay an assistant professor of nutrition and chronic disease at the University of Manitoba. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.